1: Purchase necessary, where prohibited by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply, See website for details.
0: Hello and welcome to the Autosport Podcast, I'm your host Alex Lucas, and today we're discussing the new McLaren Formula 1 Challenger, the MCL35. First up, I'll be chatting to Autosport's technical editor, Jake boxall Lake about what we've seen on the new car and then what we might expect from McLaren in the upcoming season. And later on, we'll hear from Autosports F1 reporter Luke Smith, who is at the McLaren Technology Centre for today's launch event. So, Jake, straight to it. What's new about the MCL35?
1: What is new? Well, I think one of the key things, and it's become a trend that we've started to see this season already, is the kind of tapered nose cone section. Now, this is something that McLaren has used for the last couple of seasons. But it seems to be a, a much thinner nose this year. We've already seen Red Bull adopt this solution. Uh, Renault, in their glimpses, also seem to have a similar solution as well. Underwhelming glimpses. I'm I'm very sure. underwhelming I'm sure glimpses. There. Which, uh, which I spoke about yesterday. There's some cool new features. So there's a slightly larger cape at the front. So that's going to improve your front end downforce. Side pods are a lot tighter. Engine cover is a little bit different. And there's sort of like a Darth Vader mask style uh, intake system. A Darth Vader style intake system. Did you use that? Yeah. Is that a technical term?
0: Uh, like a, a, an industry standard
1: yeah, term? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know standard industry practice to call it that. No, uh, it just it just looks like they've created lots of different sections to divert airflow to cooling and then to the intake and the compressor. So they do lots of different things. It's just an interesting. Uh, An interesting shape. There's also a few bits where McLaren are holding a few things back. So the big ticket items like front wing and barge boards, pretty rooted in what they ran at the end of last season. So... You, you can kind of like imagine that they'll change a little bit as as we hit testing and as the season goes on as well.
0: Yeah, on, the, on that, I was going to say that the front wing looks largely the same as last year. And you mentioned the barge boards as well. So do you think that that's that's area that's we've seen very complex ones on the Ferrari, on the Red Bull, that that would be what McLaren would be focused on early on in testing? Or is it for a larger update coming in the season?
1: I think it's, it's going to be something that we're going to see a lot of development of over the season, at least until teams put p- press pause on 2020 and go to 2021 but you know it, it'll be a last hurrah they've got their budgets for 2020 so you know they're going to spend a lot of time pushing that bargeboard development going a little bit mad going a little bit hell for leather with it and uh, just generally having quite a good time with it
0: so again yeah you mentioned the side pods are looking pretty tight on the mcl35 why would mclaren do that
1: you want to drive as much airflow to the back do of the i car you might not want to quite simply you're going to get the diffuser working uh, a little bit more effectively the way that you do that is trying to reduce that that pathway that the airflow takes especially around the midriff of the car because it's naturally going to take the path of least resistance i mean in some respects air particles are a lot like people they're going to take the shortest path necessary some of them are um, just jerks yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there's a few aerodynamicists that are looking at their CFT and going, "Why, why won't this work? This, these air particles are a nightmare." Um, but yeah, in its simplest form, you want to drive a lot of airflow to the back of the car because it makes your diffuser work a little bit harder um, by cutting the the size of the side pods and moving some of your cooling elements to the the engine cover above the driver's head. You, you can do that. You can make the radiator smaller you can make your intake smaller um and that just gives you a little bit more space to play with it doesn't so much above the driver's head because on the mcl35 you can see the engine cover is or uh, it's not bulbous as such it's just sort of quite large and you can see uh quite a dramatic sort of bulge in the top but you know team as, as i've said before teams wouldn't do it if it didn't work so clearly that's the the ethos that they've gone for
0: Mm -hmm. Now with with the Titan Cypods, does that come with an increased uh, risk of reliability issues or is that just overly simplistic?
1: Your powertrain and your power unit has a certain cooling requirement. And if you don't give it that, then you're going to have all sorts of problems. So you need a certain mass flow rate of air to go into the engine and into the cooling components to work properly with a certain safety factor. Now every Formula One team is going to push that as hard as they can. Um, you do risk reliability when your engine starts to overheat. Um, and obviously in hotter climates, uh, for example, you don't have quite so much cool air to deliver the rate of cooling that you need. So I think yes and no. I think the the engineers will sort of be well equipped to kind of deal with those issues as they arise. Um, but yeah, on a, for example, Mercedes last year, Austria, dialed their engines down because you know they have very 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 tight packaging didn't have a packaging system that was open enough for the demands of the the circuit and the heat um which was very unexpected there so you kind of risk that but you can kind of dial it down but you just lose performance that way
0: mm, it's it's interesting to think about that with mclaren because they did lose a couple of pretty big results uh, to reliability issues i'm thinking mainly lando norris at spa
1: yeah so that's something that they'll have had to work on. There were there were a lot of reliability issues that weren't just with the powertrain. There were a few, uh, Carlos Sainz at Australia, for example, Lando Norris at Spa, as you say, but you know, there were also some quite catastrophic brake failures, for example, uh, Norris at Canada. So, I think holistically, of course, you want to look at your cooling and say, okay, we we need a certain amount, and obviously the engineers will be pushing it to the mit- limit. But I think. They'll have worked out what's gone wrong last season and will have would have rectified it for this one. Mm.
0: Now, how different is the uh, the M- the MCL 35 designs to what we've seen so far from Ferrari, Red Bull, and Haas, and I'm not including Renault because we haven't basically haven't seen the car yet.
1: It's certainly different to the Ferrari and the Haas, for example, um, because those two have persisted with the sort of their nose cone design ethos um, their. Uh, engine cover kind of designs with the larger shark fin and going the other way you see Red Bull and McLaren sort of towing a similar line so there is this sort of line in the sand where you can see the Ferrari and Haas on one side and McLaren and Red Bull on the other and it will be interesting to see as we see more you know the other the other half of the launches which side of the the line they fall on with regards to packaging and other things like that.
0: McLaren has ever so slightly tweaked its livery for 2020. That's predominantly the same mainly orange with uh, splashes of blue for, on, over various sponsors bits. Nice bit of sort of black on the underside of the car as well. Uh, now Jake, I, I understand you don't think that those colours, uh, orange and blue, should work together, but I've got three words for you. Terry's chocolate orange. <laughs> Jaffa Cakes. Uh, or, or Jaffa Cakes. I mean it's a classic look, orange and orange and blue. But no, apparently not for you. Uh,
1: well, it's not something. I think in those examples you've given, you've given an example of blue with a bit of orange, whereas this is orange with a bit of blue. Uh, it's a different way around, but it it does work. Orange is the new blue. That's what you're telling me. It shouldn't work, but I know it's 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 a distinctive look and a lot better than Ron Dennis's mode of choice, grey.
0: Oh, absolutely, I agree with that. Um, but the new colour scheme is a matte finish, which has become more of a thing for the teams over uh, for more and more teams over recent seasons. How much of a difference will that actually make?
1: Teams have found that a matte paint finish reduces weight, and obviously it'll be a tiny, tiny amount. Formula One is all about weight saving in the areas that you can, and you know every little square metre of paint does add up. There's a lot of car that's unpainted as well, so that just saves a lot more weights as well. Um, Quite an interesting thing as well. And you do hear sort stories of whether it would be more aerodynamically efficient because the different kind of paint changes the surface tension, that kind of thing. But I don't think there's anything ever categorically proven in that regard. But yeah, it saves weight and it, it does, have its, uh, does have its charms as well, visually.
0: Is this the sort of thing you, you wanted to, to do when you became motorsport sports technical editor, analyse the benefits of certain types of paint?
1: It's what I've always dreamed of. Now, McLaren made a
0: lot of progress last year in 2019, particularly uh, compared to where it was in the years before with Honda and, and things like that. What do you think it needs to do to make a similar step in 2020?
1: The easy answer would be get more money because it, it just doesn't have so the budget of the first. First you get the money. Then you get the power. <laughs> and then you get the performance that's the current problem that mclaren has it's not a works manufacturer team it doesn't have these big sponsorship deals like mercedes has with petronas and now Ineos, and ferrari has with philip morris and red bull has with uh rebel but it's not a manufacturer team and it needs this sort of capital to be able to push its development further there is going to come a point where it has to stop 2020 development and kick on with 2021 and those big three teams they're going to have the resources to continue 2020 and uh simultaneously do 2021 as well so i think that's going to be the key factor and there is there well, will be a point in the season where mclaren stop develop, stops developing and the gap to the front three might grow it might not it depends how the development kind of path falls down especially if one of the big three has a dreadful season they say you know we'll just go for 2021 um so that is the main thing i think just keeping up the rate of development as well because the front three teams are absolutely relentless in that regard and they can keep tacking on bits keep making them work as well crucially so those are sort of sort of those are kind of caveats of having a big budget and having a small budget so it is down to money at the end of the day
0: Mm. And and from the sporting side, I suppose we, they need uh, Carlos Sainz, pretty much the the best of the rest, and, and certainly up there with the best performing drivers of last season. Really hauled that car into into positions at the front of the of class B, as we know know it's going to be. And he sort of won that unofficial championship last year. Lando Norris, it will be his second year in Formula One, so I'm guessing we can expect you know a good a good step forward from him when it comes to the experience.
1: Yeah, he'll be one year older, one year wiser. Um, Lando was very, very impressive last year. Um, did lose quite a lot of points due to reliability concerns and various other things like that. Um, but he did prove to be on Sciences level from the get-go. And if those two can continue work, they, they work very well together. Um, it's a very harmonious relationship. And if those two can continue at it, then I don't see any reason why McLaren can't can't keep pushing up the grid.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, now it's over to Luke to hear how the MCL35's launch event unfolded.
2: So today McLaren uh, lifted the covers off its new MCR35 Formula 1 car ahead of the 2020 season as the, we ramp up all of launch season and get closer to the start of pre-season testing. Um, another great event here at the MTC in Woking. Um, the team has been uh, very good in the past couple of years in having a what one may call a proper launch event. Uh, we saw drivers Carlos Sainz and Lando Norris both on hand to uh, lift the covers off the car and uh, a very different looking car. I think that's one of the uh, immediate takeaways. Um, this is obviously the first car that James Key has had a real involvement in designing. Um, He uh, has made it a much more compact and tighter car, uh, much, much tighter around the side pods and um, uh, particularly around the bulkhead. Um, And I think that's a a sign of where McLaren is going. It wants to be aggressive. It knows that last season was uh, an outstanding year, finishing fourth in the Constructors' Championship, scoring its first podium in five years. But it wants more and it wants to keep on building. James said on a number of occasions at the MCL 34 uh, Last year's car is very much the father of this year's one. They're favouring uh, evolution instead of revolution, which makes a lot of sense. And uh, there's a lot of positive momentum around the team and, and what they're doing going forward. Um, Landon Norris, Carlos Sainz, obviously both had hugely impressive years last year. Sainz said he's not looking to change anything up too much and wants to keep on uh, what he built uh, such a solid foundation on last season. Uh, said he's done a lot of fitness work over the winter to try and get himself in the best possible condition uh, coming into this year. And uh, he seemed very relaxed. He said that obviously he no longer has the the clarity that he maybe had going into last season when he knew he had a two-year deal. He's in the funny of his contract now but he made clear he's very happy with the team. He's had a few early talks with them about a new contract but so there's no rush for him at all to get anything new signed and, and across the line. Um, Lando Norris, he said that he um, he is aware obviously of the points gap that was between him and Sainz last year. Um, quite a big gap in the end but Lando said that he he had the lion's share of the bad luck. He knew opportunities where uh, points passed him by. He knew that he could improve in certain areas and uh, and I think the biggest takeaway from Lando is just how much more confident um, the young man is because he is still such a a young guy that's what we've got to remember Um, he's spoken very openly about uh, his uh, sort of need for a mental health coach in the past and someone to work with him on that side of things and um, he uh, spoke quite openly today about the uh, impact of like internet trolls and people on social media sending him messages he is the most prolific driver on social media on the grid, we know that much Um, but he said that he does sometimes have to take a step back and sort of think that this is uh, it, it, it affects him some of the things that people say or do um, and uh, yeah, and he said over the winter that he wanted to be a bit more serious this year, maybe not be on social media as much. But he insisted, don't worry, my personality will remain the same. And most importantly, his race craft and his, his dedication to his, his job will remain absolutely unchanged. In terms of the team management, uh, Zach Brown and Andreas Seidel, they were both very, very happy today. Uh, they're coming into this year again. It's a very different situation to 12 months ago when it was a, a real fresh start a blank page they've got all this momentum coming in now this is Andreas Seidel's first car launch with McLaren remember because uh, he only joined in uh, the May of last season and uh, there, there's a real good buzz about the place I mean everyone is really focused on building on last year um, they know that 2021 is coming they know that's going to be a big opportunity uh, Zach Brown said that it would be uh, a good chance for McLaren but it will take a few years for that gap to the big three teams to, to shrink down However, there's definitely lots of, uh, lots of positivity for 2020 and they've said that the better start to the season they can have, the earlier they'll be able to make that shift across 2-21 and uh, while still maintaining that uh, lead at the front of the midfield. But Zach Brown said it's such a close fight. We saw last year, we saw Renault, we saw uh, Toro Rosso now to become AlphaTauri, we saw Racing Point, um, we saw even Haas on occasion. They were all able to dice at the front of the midfield. So I think it's going to be a really, really close fight between those teams once again. Uh, but McLaren, they've certainly set out they're all early they don't plan on going anywhere and don't plan on giving up that fourth place in the constructive championship without a fight well
0: thanks luke we'll be back tomorrow with another episode of the autosport podcast to discuss mercedes 2020 car in the meantime do check out all our stories on autosport.com and motorsport.com as well as jake's full technical analysis articles on autosport plus so finally thank you jake and thanks to our producer martin lee for editing this episode and thank you to you for listening Music is 6 AM by Trilo, written by Marcus Simmons. See soundcloud.com/trilomusic
2: reach new career heights with university of maryland's robert h smith school of business flexible mba and ms options gmat and gre not required learn more at go.umd.edu slash smith school university of maryland smith school of business inspired fearless unstoppable
1: sports social podcast network
2: okay round two name something
1: that's not boring
0: a laundry Ooh, a book club